You are now listening to FemRegard Podcast with Tessa Markle and Carolina Alvarez. Mmm, Fem. Hey listeners, want to start your own podcast? Let us tell you our favorite tool. Anchor is the one-stop shop for all your podcasting needs. Here's why. Anchor lets you record and edit your show right from your phone or computer. So no matter your setup, you can start creating right now. Then it distributes your show to the most popular listening platforms like Apple and Spotify. Plus, it's the only place you can send video content to Spotify. Creators can even earn money on Anchor with ads and subscriptions. Best of all, it's all free. Download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Team Fem. <laughs> Hey, fam, fam, another amazing guest for you today. Um, we're just like super excited about all the guests this season. I mean, we say that every season, I know, but like, <laughs> I feel like they just keep getting better and better. Um, but we have yes. another return guest today, actually. She was on our very first season, the episode about uh, branding and marketing. And her name is Julie Haberstick. We met her at AT&T Shape, right? Is that where we met her on the Warner Brothers lot? I'm going to say yes. I think that's how we first I'm met. Say um, yes. She was like one of the first members of the Femme Fam. OG. OG. Yeah. Yes. And she just. And she. Go ahead. Um, and she ended up being like a consultant to us when we were first launching the podcast. And um, just such a great person to talk because we were talking on our show about branding. And it's just. It's great to have people like her who understand that process and can be a really great guide. And we, we're just so grateful to her and to have her back on this episode to now talk more about her project, her latest project, mm-hmm. which is, it's not, it's, it's a book. It's, it's a book, book. Um, but it's, it's not like a narrative novel. It's, um, I don't want to spoil it. She'll talk about it more, but it's basically about her journey. It's pretty fucking cool. That's what we're going to say. It's really cool. (laughs) And it's about her journey and it's super inspiring. It's called Coyote Gratitude. And she will explain to you where you can find it or you can pre-order it. And she even gave us a little code for you guys to get a great discount. So make sure you take advantage of that. Listen for the code at the end of the episode and how to order and everything. And yeah, we're just really excited. And I think this, this interview is super inspiring and everybody yeah, can relate to it I think it's so relatable I think it touches on themes of self-discovery um grounding yourself and and finding what you really value in life as an artist as a filmmaker that's so important and this book was just another medium of her way of of being a filmmaker mm-hmm. and I think it's so smart and all her discoveries are just so brilliant and I think you guys are going to get a lot from this episode. So, enjoy. Yeah, so, Julie, what about you? Uh, you went and lived in a van? Like, what happened? <laughs> I'm sorry. I just, like, remember briefing the email. I'm like, okay, she, like, then chucked everything and went into a van and then lived life. Like, what? Back it yeah. up. What's the sitch? So what I did was I was dealing with, as we all do from time to time, just beating my head against the wall and felt like nothing was working. Mm-hmm. Like, 
I was in a less than healthy relationship. I was feeling creatively unfulfilled. Uh, my work felt unfulfilling. I was feeling um, a real need for a sense of community. And no matter what I did, I just felt like I was hitting a brick wall. So what I did was throw my life into my car and just start driving. And I had just two plans. One was I knew I was headed east and that my first night was going to be in the Grand Canyon mm -hmm. and everything else I was going to have to just figure out. And oh my God. So like literally just on the micro level, you, you are like, peace out apartment goodbye Ever, my whole life is now in my car and i'm just headed east like that's that's how serious we were we were like <laughs> <laughs> um i was still so i was working remotely before it was cool so i did talk to uh to my job and say hey i know there's people on our team that are remote can i work remotely mm -hmm. so smart I, yeah yeah yeah, which was great. And I don't think I would have been able to really do the trip without that, that flexibility. Um, yeah. But yeah, I was hoping to kind of get recentered and get reconnected with my own intuition mm -hmm. and possibly find the kind of life that really suited me. And by some magical twist of fate, that happened. Along the way, I was collecting poems and short stories and personal essays and pictures, mostly to share with my family um, through a password-protected website mm -hmm. so that they knew that I was alive. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and by the time the trip was really over, I looked back at all that, and it was a nonfiction coming-of-age story. So it felt almost imperative that I put that in the world in a different way. Yeah. Wow. How cool. And how, how inspiring. Cool. I know. And I think the, the big, I think, takeaway there is like listening to your intuition and, mm. and just like, cause that's not an easy leap to make. And how, what was, did you have friends and family tell you you were absolutely insane or were they like, <laughs> you know, and some people are like, you know, Julie's got it. Like, she'll figure it out. Fuck it. We know her. Like we got, she got it. Like, you know, what was that lead up to making such a bold choice? So oddly enough, I, I was engaged at the time. Holy um, shit. I, yes, I got proposed to. Uh, we were in Paris at the time, actually, and um, that kind of became the catalyst because all of a sudden I was looking at what is the rest of my life, mm -hmm. and it made me uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. So um, fortunately, that engagement did not last very long, and I was talking to my grandma, actually, and about the kind of process of, of breaking up. And she said to me, if you could do anything right now, what would you do? And with no consequences. Mm -hmm. And I said, I just keep thinking about throwing everything into my car and just heading east. And she said, and I quote, well, I guess you better fucking do it. <laughs> Love it. Oh my God. Yes, Chima. Oh, oh my heart. 
That is amazing. <laughs> um, and and uh, yeah, it took a while for me to to actually decide that 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 sure. like the right next thing. But uh, I feel like whenever those critical moments come, it's it's uh, it's a flight or fight moment. Mm-hmm. And funny enough, not just the trip, but also the process of um, funding and publishing the book has all kind of connected back to trusting yourself and recognizing the power you have as really the arbiter of your success mm-hmm. and kind of the author of your own creative autonomy. And that has been just such a cool lesson for me to be learning over and over again as, as a filmmaker and, and a storyteller. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I yes. love that. I mean, it's such a unique experience, like obviously to physically go through all of that, but to mentally go through all of that, to, you know, make the decision that I want to uproot and change everything, you know, and then to follow through with it and to be brave enough to just, you know, stick it out and and do this whole new thing. Like, that's a lot. Thank you. <laughs> no, congrats. I just love that. Be the author of your own aunt- autonomy. That yeah. is just, that is the tea, y'all. <laughs> I, <laughs> I just think that, you know, yeah, in any, it could be any decision that that just translates so well, like you said, to film even now, it's like trusting yourself and your instincts and having the confidence to move forward on that. Mm-hmm. Um, that's like, uh, that is, and it's so hard. It can be very hard to trust yourself because it can seem kind of blind. Like you, you didn't know, you still didn't have all the answers. And I feel like I'm, I'm still like at a crossroads on some, in so many ways. And it's like, fuck, I don't have the answers. But the thing is like, the more you just keep rolling with it, it, it things do become clear, I think. And so did you find that? as you headed east, that there were just certain things that, like, talk to us, like, about where, t- what maybe led you to where you are today in that trip. Oh, my goodness. Well, something I definitely learned over the past, I would say, two years or so, um, has been as long as you hold on mm-hmm. and as long as you are physically okay, as long as you physically survive, you will get through anything. <laughs> there is always light at the end of the tunnel. You're always going to come out better than you were. And the book itself um, really takes me through a bit of an understanding of, of that and it's really cool for me as an author, mm-hmm. if, I, if I kind of separate myself as the character, yeah, to see the kind of evolution of this person mm-hmm. from, you can get this sense of this kind of questioning and feeling uh, disconnected or kind of not really stepping into her own power And by the end, there's a whole different sense of command that just kind of naturally happens. Mm -hmm. And it's also interesting to see the different people I interacted with um, 
and the different moments I had, how they very naturally add up to kind of a new understanding of the world and of uh, my own identity, which is really just kind of wild to me. Yeah. If that answers that question. Yeah, it does. <laughs> it, yeah. It, it, it does. It totally does. Because I think, like you said, through when you make a fight or flight kind of type of decision, you have to then just rely on your instincts. And I think the more than you begin to trust that, because that's all you have, like mm-hmm. that's all you're left with, even in, on a film set, you know, you're just left with those critical quick decision moments and you have to, you have to roll with it and you can't do that without confidence. And, and just once you start to see like, okay, yes, I, I can solve this. I can this do this. You start to lead. And then in, if it's applicable in, in your life, I feel like you were just then really leading yourself to where you ultimately needed to be. And, and I think finding identity is so important, especially when you feel like you've lost it. Mm-hmm. Um, I think we've all related that. Like anyone listening to this probably has had a moment. I know myself where I feel like I lost my sense of identity. And especially it was like a kind of crazy moment where I've had to feel like I had to like break chains, old chains in all different kind of ways, respects, whether it was religion, relationships, friendships. And, and then you're like, okay, now who am I? Where am I? And where am I going? And I think we need to embrace those moments because you can really like, like you said, hone in on who you are supposed to be and not supposed to be. I think you have always been the person you are. You know what I mean? Like she's there. She's always been there. But I think it's just like and like it's an enlightenment and an enhancement in that way. Mm-hmm. OK, I'm blabbing. But you know what I mean? You know what I'm saying? Does that make sense? Yeah. And I think that that experience really allows you to grow because I think everybody goes Mm -hmm. through, like you said, everyone goes through that kind of identity crisis at some point. And it's really just like coming into yourself as an adult, like, like coming of age, you know, but at the same time, different people experience that to different levels. And, you know, this is kind of an extreme version of that, you know, like you went and like physically did all of these things. Um, But I think that that allows you to have a more intense experience too. Like it really forces you to get to know yourself and what you want and make those split decisions, you know? Absolutely. Absolutely. I 100% experienced all of that. <laughs> I oh have to ask God. too, did you see Nomadland? Because that that's what this is making me think of. <laughs> I haven't seen it yet. That is, that is on my, my list and I'm very excited uh, I've heard mm-hmm. so many things about it. So not yet, uh, but it's on the list. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> highly recommend. <laughs> what advice would you give to someone who feels like they're maybe stuck or they feel like they've lost a sense of themselves? I, I mean, I don't think your advice would necessarily be like, yeah, everyone go take a road trip. You know what I mean? Like that's not, but I guess some key things where it's like, oh, you know, you could take it to this kind of capacity or this level. Like what would you say going through something like this? I think something that I learned that I find still very valuable in shaping my life and my work is focusing on what, what are your values? Like what do you value in your life? And 
what areas of your life are spotlighting that and supporting that and what areas of your life are either hindering or not supporting that. And when you really break that down and really go through, okay, here are the five things that I know I want out of life or I know I value in life. It's kind of crazy to see how quickly you can change your situation to make it more of what you're looking for. Mm-hmm. That's the biggest thing I, I would say. Um, and for me with the trip, I think I had lost sense of what those values were. And even on a smaller level, sometimes it's nice to just take some breathing space to allow yourself the distance to consider what those values are and what different shifts you might need to make in order to live the life that you want and that would be best for you. Mm -hmm. I love that. Yeah. That's such an important thing to like really to know what your values are, you know, to know what is important to you in life. Cause I think that when you don't really consider that, it's just like, oh, well, of course, it's like it's family, it's relationships, it's, you know, but it's like, it, no, not necessarily. It is different for everyone. And it's so important to know that about yourself. I agree 100%. Because then, then you can, as you were saying, Julie, like kind of ground yourself in that and, and then moving forward, protect it. Like, you know what to kind of fight for. Sometimes mm-hmm. you're fighting for the wrong things because of maybe what society is telling you, like, Tessa, you were just saying about family, friends, like, yeah, yeah, that's great and all, but what is it about maybe specific people or, or things that you want for yourself? And, and I think I love that taking the time to distinguish that. Yeah. You're going to, you're going to know what to protect and maybe realize why you're unhappy or feeling a certain way. Sometimes it's really hard to pinpoint why you're feeling like it's happened to me. It's like, wh- why am I all of a sudden really down? Like, what is it? And then when you can really nail that, you're like, oh, yeah, I'm not living, I'm not living what I like the way I need to be for myself, you know? And then it's like clear. I love that you said that because I think, yeah, I've definitely had aha moments like that. Mm-hmm. For sure, for sure. So relatable. The, the thing that I think can be difficult about that sometimes, and you you hit on it, is society or certain norms might be telling you to do one thing, and they don't always align perfectly with your values. Mm-hmm. And that is something that I still struggle with, I'll admit. Um, but I want to acknowledge that for anyone who is perhaps shifting into a less traveled path it it does get difficult sometimes I think yeah yeah I mean even just something as simple as like wanting kids versus not wanting kids like right like it's just such the norm to like oh yeah you're gonna raise your own family like at some point I realized hey I love kids but like I don't want my own (laughs) I want to give them back at the end of the day you know and even just having that realization is like (laughs) feels like you're, you know, going against what is supposed Tessa, to, like, it's crazy. my poor mother listening in on this podcast, she is just <laughs> like, but Tessa, have kids. Have. She's always asked me. It's okay, mom. See, I told you. Tessa's chill. She's good. I'll just babysit your kids, Carolina. That's fine. Exactly. <laughs> 
And that's still like, we'll see, we'll see. No. <laughs> but it, yeah, I love that example. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. No, I think it's important too that you said just because you went on this like journey that it's not over. You're, you're yeah. still processing like things for yourself that that takes so much time. (laughs) It doesn't happen like after one trip and stuff. But I think through writing this book, um, I am sure that's like giving you so much insight to, to what it is that you're, you're processing and what you're growing with. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. What was, uh, how long did it take you to write it after the trip? So I wrote most of it on the trip itself. Uh, It was never intended to be a book. It was always just intended to be this little private tracking device, pretty much. Mm -hmm. And it was only after I finished it completely that it felt like it wanted to be a book and far be it for me to not let something be what it wants to be. (laughs) So that was that process. Uh, I I do want to add, you talked about at the beginning of this conversation, the value of different mediums mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and the value of media. I have to admit, I am mostly a filmmaker. I am, I, and, and a performance poet and a storyteller, but this is my very first book. And as I said, I did not set out to, to write a book, but what I'm hopeful will happen with this book is I, I hope that it's going to introduce folks to my voice Mm -hmm. in a different way. So Mm. should I produce more films in the future, this audience that I've cultivated and we crowdfunded, uh, for the first part of the pre-sales for the book, we raised $10,000, um, and I think we have over 130 orders for the book. Wow. Very, very exciting. Very, very About to have 131, 132. <laughs> like, sorry. We, it was just send us the link, girl. I'm sorry. We um, game. But absolutely. Keep going. Um, <laughs> the hope for me is that I'm going to be able, through this book, to introduce people to my voice and the kind of experience I can take people on in a very personal way. Mm -hmm. And that has applications beyond beyond just, oh, I'm gonna make a film or, oh, I wanna write a book. That's really kind of a coming out of, hey world, here I am as an artist. This is what I can do. These are the journeys I can take you on. And my hope is that there will be an audience that goes, cool, we're into that. I would love to see. I would love to see the next, um, the next piece, or the other other uh, formats that you publish in, or promote. Pardon me, or produce in. Yeah, I love that. I think that's so inspiring. It's like we're all creatives, and just because we found like our niche doesn't mean that there aren't other things we can do. You know, so that's a great reminder of like try everything because you could find that filmmaking is your passion and you want it to be your career, but then like writing is your passion. That's just a passion, you know, that isn't something you're pursuing, but you love like, who knows, you know, you can't, you won't know until you try. (laughs) I think it's, it's really cool. And I think what it's really brilliant about that is kind of what you said about, you know, introducing your audience to really your voice 
And normally it's always been expressed through the, your filmmaking. But yes, like to piggyback on what Tessa said, finding those other elements, it's like so um, it's another way of doing that. And it, it makes me think of Whit Ingram that we had on the show. She's a writer and like writes a lot of screenplays. But then she found that if she writes really long social media posts, that's another way of telling her story. Mm -hmm. So it's like finding those ways, similar ways. If anyone's listening, like you can you can translate the same thing but on different mediums is it's like a wonderful way to reach more audience like especially on social media or a book you know um so that's con huge congrats girl on yeah. like getting all the fundraising done because that is not easy <laughs> we've we've talked to mr Corey mccomb before and he's he's uh an author and a friend to the show too and and shout out you guys want to hear more writing he's a great one but it's just like, it's not, it's not easy, but it is so cool to have like people give feedback or, or write. Did you, did you work with an editor? Cause I know he said he did, or this is solely Miss Julie doing it all. I am working with an editor, um, which I think is essential. Mm -hmm. That said, that said, I did have folks tell me in the beginning of this process, hey, why don't you go through a proper publisher? Why don't you try to get this published, you know, through a larger publishing house? And this for me goes back to uh, the creative autonomy piece for mm -hmm. me. For this project specifically, because it is so personal and because it really is me and I really wanted to be able to put my voice in its entirety into the world, I definitely still wanted to work with an editor who, you know, can help me polish my voice. Mm -hmm. However, I didn't want to rely on a gatekeeper to tell me whether or not my story had validity, especially for a story that's told in kind of an alternative format. This isn't a novel. It's not uh, for, a, for a new author. It's not something easily promoted mm -hmm. because it's told through it's all these small entries it's browser history and poems and little thoughts and haikus it's to me something I would love to read I would I love things that are in that piecemeal format yeah. but as a new author that's a hard sell I think for for a publisher mm -hmm. so I found great confidence and a kind of personal power in saying, no, this is not for someone else to pass judgment on. Obviously, I want to grow my team and make sure I'm putting out the best possible product I can. Mm -hmm. However, this is me. This is my story. And nobody gets to tell me that I don't get to put it into the world. Yeah. I amen. <laughs> get it. Hi, Geekscapists. The Geekscape podfather, Jonathan, here. In May, we lost one of our own, longtime Geekscapist Christopher Ellis, who was a friend and a part of our geek community from the very beginning. Chris even met his wife, Sarah, through our podcast, and their 2015 wedding seemed like a giant Geekscape party. Chris's final weeks battling in the hospital shed light on a huge national problem. The COVID pandemic has almost completely depleted our national and local blood banks. These supplies are used by thousands of hospitals to provide life-saving treatments to patients or to buy enough time for loved ones just to say goodbye. So for the next month and beyond, we're going to do it big in Chris's memory and do some good in the process. We're throwing a blood drive. 
Visit www.aabb.org to find a donation center near you or visit other blood and platelet donation centers like the Red Cross. And let's make things interesting. For the next month, take a selfie of yourself donating with the hashtag GeekscapeGives and tag your favorite Geekscape podcast. We'll pick some charitable Geekscapists to send prizes to, and the podcast that gets mentioned the most will also get some cool rewards. I should actually cancel the podcast that gets mentioned the least. Can I do that? Whatever. The point is, go out there and donate some blood, tag a selfie of yourself doing it with the hashtag GeekscapeGives, and get others to do the same. We couldn't save our friend Chris, but we can do a whole lot of good in his name. Geekscape forever! that he's a huge fan of self-publishing he highly recommends an editor so i love to like i hearing that just kind of is like yes that is definitely i think smart and so helpful to have someone even like it's screenwriting you know it's mm-hmm. like me and tessa working together I'm, I'm doing the writing but having someone else who understands the story so well the characters the voice it's it's so important so no uh who needs a publisher yeah no 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 you don't need one no no it's and and it can be like really really like expensive much more expensive to put out like sometimes i think you have to maybe put out more for production a lot more money versus just sending it off you know on your own with with the sales that you get what's it called like almost like a drop shipping way versus having to spend for so X amount of production. Like just doesn't make sense sometimes. Well, and that is something that I'm kind of mitigating a little bit by doing the Mm pre-sales. What I've done is I'm getting enough orders to do a bulk order to kind of keep the printing costs down. And then I'll, I'll be able to shift into kind of a print on demand uh, model. What I did want to add is I did start an LLC so that the publisher is not just me. It actually will be coming through a company that is registered in the state of Louisiana to do several creative development uh, services, including book publishing. So I'm very excited about that. Nice. Congrats on that. Congrats. That is so exciting. And like, again, that's something you wouldn't have seen yourself probably doing as just a filmmaker, right? Or did you feel like? So truthfully, I had been looking to start that LLC since I formed this, it's Citric Citric Productions LLC, which is the production company that I've done all my films under since I was 17. Mm -hmm. And I had always dreamed of making an LLC, but never found quite the right time. And I correct. I had never really imagined myself as a book publisher, but I now I've recognized I I am one. I found the funds. I found the printer. I'm doing the marketing. Like I'm one. I'm a one person team at the moment, Mm -hmm. but but I'm a publisher, and hopefully or possibly I'll be able to publish other folks' work moving forward. So that's exciting. Yeah, that's what's so awesome about an LLC is like it doesn't force you to have to do anything else if you don't want to do anything else besides just publish your own work, but it allows you that freedom because it makes you an actual business, you know? So yeah, that's exciting. It's very legitimizing. Yes. (laughs) We do love that word. (laughs) Season one, maybe. Season one, Femme Regard Podcast. Wow. 
So you have that in the works. That is just so crazy. I love it. I love it. Um, do you think this will inspire you to write a second one, a second book? That's such a great question. Oh my God. Am I a podcaster? Or am I a podcaster? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, just needed to pimp that out. I feel like I would let the book come to me. Mm-hmm. If there is another story that really needs to be told in this format specifically, I, I will absolutely tell it. I loved collecting all the material that really became this story. I love putting this kind of stuff into the world. I love putting deeply personal work into the world. I think it is something. Mm-hmm. It's hard, I, but it's it, like the best. So whenever something that I'm also discovering and learning over and over is when you decide to really make yourself vulnerable and put that very personal work into the world, you not only give other people permission to be vulnerable themselves, you also give them permission to feel less alone, Mm -hmm. which why else are we doing this stuff? You know? Yeah. I love that. Yes. I 100% agree. I think you can, it, it like, yes, it heals you, but it really serves others at the same time. So I love that. And I'm excited to read it because it, you said it's kind of, it's an, al- an alternative kind of book to what your typical novel is. And I love that shit. So especially as creatives, filmmakers, we're visuals, you know, we, we want to see that. And right. I, I just think that's so cool. So I'm really excited to read it for not only the story but also the format like that's so fun yeah um i i do so the pre-sales are still going on my on my website and uh i did set up a a little discount for any listeners (gasps) oh my god guys fem fam what let's hear it what's up oh my god thank you (laughs) literally my pleasure literally my pleasure uh, the discount is FEM20, so F-E-M-M-E 20, and it's at coyotegratitude.com, and it's for anything you want to order. And, and That's oh awesome. God. Thank you so much. Thank Literally. you, Julie. Wow. Surprise. Yay. I love that. Thank you. We love that. We yeah. love this. We love the community. Yes. Thank you. Blessing. Blessing us. <laughs> My pleasure. Literally my pleasure. What's, um, do you have a favorite, I don't want to add like an anecdote or is, cause I, I want us to save the story for, you know, reading it, but is there like a, a person or like favorite little anecdote from the book that you want to share? Little tease, what, little, preview. Little, <laughs> little preview. I would be happy to share the, Uh, introduction to the book which is just you know it's a little five line uh it's a note to self and others Uh, and there's also an irreverent haiku that uh I'm also happy to share yes yes please so the introduction is a note to self and others hey there figured I'd welcome you to this moment mostly because you're new to it like me Know that you're among fellow travelers, and whichever way you choose to go, 
there's a piece of us with you. Love that. So that's how the whole book starts. Uh, I love that. And then the irreverent haiku is dedicated to a gentleman that I met at a coffee shop in Annapolis, Maryland. <laughs> and it goes, Nick, your sad, sad dick doesn't excuse you, you prick. Go home to your wife. <laughs> Love it. <laughs> There's the trailer for the book. Yeah, perfect. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Permission to clip. No, that's amazing. <laughs> I love, I love. Thank you for sharing that. And I bet you that's just like, yeah, a sprinkling of, of all the like people you've ran into. I can imagine. Like, did you find yourself being more extroverted? Are you, are you an introvert or an extrovert? I'm very much an extrovert with some introverted tendencies. Yeah. But especially for the trip and for several moments in my life where I've found myself in a new place without any support system or anything to really lean on, mm -hmm. it just makes sense to me to run into the world and just trust that it's going to be okay and put yourself in positions where you're going to meet cool people or interesting things. Uh, and that is really exciting and scary. And I definitely traveled with mace in one pocket and a knife in the other. <laughs> Good, uh, smart, smart. Yeah, cool, 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 cool. We love but, that. But I am a bit of an extrovert and it did definitely serve me on the trip. And there are some very colorful people across the spectrum in, in this piece. <laughs> love that. That's the way you got to do it. You really like, you know, if you're, if you're going to do something like that, you really just have to jump in, you know, fully. So, yeah. But be safe. Carry the spray. Yeah. Don't get crazy. <laughs> no, because I I used to, and I'm better at this now, but I, yeah, I used to be a chatty Cathy with strangers and like, because yeah, I'd want to like, ex when I lived in New York and then moving to LA and you want to have experiences and talk to different people and that's great and all, but not everyone's a good person. Some people, you know, think you're cute and think you're dumb and want to, like, you know, manipulate. Like, you got to be safe. So mm -hmm. I think you did it the right way. And I love that you kept that openness because you never want to be. It, 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 that's, that's something sometimes that do you feel like. Um, I had a friend leave LA recently. And one of the things he said was that there was like a lost sense of like, that small town community, I guess, um, because we are such a big city that sometimes we don't take as much time here to say hi to one another mm -hmm. or to really have that whole, like I would say singularly for the film community, love LA. It's great. We all know our people, you know, it's a kind of small network thing. Love that. But I do think like in a greater sense, like as a full community, it's it's not really there. We're not here to like really say hi or cheer each other on. Yeah. You know, it's more like I'm walking my dog here, except in an LA way, like, excuse me, I'm walking <laughs> my dog. Can you move? <laughs> like, you know what I mean? So like, do you feel that? Are you, are you in Louisiana? Right in New Orleans. I'm based in New Orleans. Yeah. New Orleans. Okay. Like, is that something that you feel like you're experiencing there versus here? And, and that's maybe another reason why you left. Like, is there, yeah, community, community, mm -hmm. talk to us. 
So something that I realized about Los Angeles that is something I love about Los Angeles, but also something that I think can be difficult is a lot of folks or most of the people who moved to Los Angeles moved to Los Angeles to pursue their dreams. And that's amazing. That means that LA is a town of people who are go-getters and ambitious mm -hmm. and creative and interesting. And that's amazing. But when you have a culture of people who are really in a space simply to pursue their own dreams, it doesn't leave as much space for, for that different kind of very open kind of community building uh, that would be in more of a classic sense. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that's just a different way to live. Mm -hmm. And in New Orleans, you're, all, you're always gonna be able to find ambitious people and people who are pursuing their dreams wherever you go. Um, but there is definitely a different culture of community and you can have a proper conversation with someone at the grocery store and you say hello to people on, on the sidewalk, which is, it seems so simple, but it is a big shift. And I, 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 it is something that I definitely value about this part of the world. Mm -hmm. That's so cool. That's so cool. That's what I, I like always say. I think about those things and why maybe some people like just want to have that, like get rooted back in that. And that's why they leave sometimes. So that's why I felt to ask if that's like another thing that kind of planted you there versus coming back here. Because well, there's pros and cons in that sense. I will add that before uh, the pandemic hit, the plan was always to be bicoastal. Mm. So my my hope, especially as things open up, is that I'll have my home base in New Orleans. The rent is cheaper. I love my apartment. I have a puppy. Aww. But at a few, at least a few months out of the year, I'll be able to go to Los Angeles to, you know, maintain some contacts, do a little more work, and make sure that that part of my life is still fruitful and and operating the way I want it to. Mm -hmm. <laughs> love, love. Republic of Pie with Femme Girls. <laughs> Check. Guys, that's like where we first met and would have um, our first little podcast meetings. Julie was just such a great consultant in helping us create what we wanted to really do with the podcast. She yeah. was a great voice and and really consulted us over pie. So, because, uh, duh. <laughs> um so yes you have to let us know and I love that I feel like um you're really making that dream a reality in that sense and I love that because I would love to be bi-coastal too for New York Jersey to go back and forth and and for projects like I want to not just go back for family but do some work there so putting that out there too and it's just a wonderful thing I know <laughs> The lessons manifest. Yeah, I mean, and this is proof yeah. that you can do it. Like you, you did it. So it's proof, you know, for anybody that's scared or doesn't know if they can pull it off. Like you can. And certain, I think leaps do take time. Mm -hmm. And and if you feel like you need that shift, I mean, it, tell me if I'm wrong, but sometimes it is you. I don't know if it's always better to just grow with it. Like sometimes it, it doesn't hurt to mediate, not like in a complacent way, but just really know like when, okay, I got to do this like now or to sometimes sit and, and I guess question 
maybe it's when you don't really know what you want a hundred percent that I don't know. I, maybe I'm not asking the right question there, but I found that sometimes me being patient in uncomfortable situations had led me to a better understanding and reasoning, but eventually you do have to go and do it. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. I'll- Maturity time. <laughs> like, I feel like I couldn't just do everything I wanted when I was like 21 that to where I am today. And I'm like, cool. I feel like I'm more empowered and like I've talked to more people and understood myself better. Does that make sense? Absolutely. I'll add to that. As long as you're listening to yourself and really figuring out the crux of where those thoughts are coming from and what your options are, you know, like, you you know, you know, when it's time, you know, when it's like, hey, this is rough, but I just have to stick it out. You, you know, you know, in your gut. And then there's other times where you've been sticking it out for a while, you've tried your best, or it just doesn't feel right. And when it just doesn't feel right, you also know, hey, this is scary, but I know I need to move towards it. Mm -hmm. So as long as you're listening to yourself on that level, you can't can't go wrong. Yeah. That is perfectly said. Thank you. Thank you, Julie. <laughs> that is like what I like, cause yeah, that's what I mean. It's like, sometimes, you know, like that you need to like kind of sit in it in the discomfort or something that's just not the greatest for a moment more. But then there's like that point where you're just like, yeah, I can't do this anymore. Like it's mm-hmm. done. We're done. We got to move on. Yeah. And you got to just do that. Yeah. I love that. You, you said that. Um, yeah, I think that's like a great message to kind of leave our listeners with. Um, but before we wrap up, uh, reminder listeners, there's that code in there, FEM20, go order the book. Um, you said it, the website's just coyotegratitude.com. Awesome. Yes. And then if you I wanna... love that name, by the way, Coyote oh, yeah. Gratitude. Love. Just had to shout that out. That's awesome. Yeah. Where did that name come from? So there's an entry in the book that fully explains it. Okay. But I will, I will, uh, high level. A coyote is a symbolism of, pardon me, a coyote is the symbol of when you've lost your way, that answers come from unexpected places. Mm. And there's an entry that involves some roadkill and some gratitude. And there we have coyote gratitude. (laughs) Nice. Love it. Yes, I love it. I can't wait to read it. Yeah. And is there anything else you want to share with our listeners as far as like any social media or anything along those lines. If you would like to follow me on Instagram, you are more than welcome. My handle is JH stick as in Julie Haber stick and coyotegratitude.com will actually redirect you to a juliehaberstick.com website, which is where you'll be able to find the book. And I've got all sorts of information there. And I guess I'll just say thank you very much. That's awesome. Thank you, Julie. This was great. It's been so great to like reconnect with you too and catch up on everything. You are glowing. (laughs) I just like in front of a window. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I love that natural sunlight. Thanks for listening to FemRegard Podcast. If you like what you hear, tune in every Friday for more tips on the filmmaking business and insightful conversations with industry professionals. We can only grow with your support, so please subscribe, share, rate, and review. You can also join the Fem Fam on Patreon. 
For more on us, check us out at femregard.com. You're listening to the Geekscape Network. You're listening to the Geekscape Network.